three, two, one. Welcome back, everybody, to the System and Soul podcast. I'm your guest host, Jennifer Zick. I'm the founder and CEO of Authentic Brand. We are a community of fractional CMOs that works with growing companies to help them overcome random acts of marketing and confidently take the next right step to healthy growth. We just love the work that our friends at System and Soul are doing to help growing businesses create really important processes and structure um, and roles in their organization while also honoring the soul of their business in their what makes them unique, their values and their culture and their people. And we think the same way at Authentic Brand. Um, we care very much about helping our clients articulate their uniqueness to the world because it attracts the most genuine, authentic connections and the healthiest, happiest growth both with clients and with employees. And today we're gonna to talk a lot about the employee aspect of that. I'm so excited to be um, putting together this mini series of six podcasts on authentic growth. Today's topic is authentic growth through employment brand and culture. And I'm joined by my longtime friend, Mary Nutting of Core Talent. And I'm gonna just turn the virtual mic over to Mary and Mary ask you to say hello and introduce yourself and your business. Thank you, Jennifer, and I'm super excited to be here. And um, just a little bit about Core Talent. So we specialize in working with privately held businesses that are growing, and we basically help them get the people part of the company right. And you know, it's it's not just recruiting; it's it's also retention, and it's it's all about timing and what makes most sense for the company. Yes. Uh, and I will just put in a shameless plug for Mary and her team at Core Talent, who I've known for several years. Um, they have a really fantastic reputation because they consistently are helping companies build healthy teams that love their work and are a good fit for the cultural environment. So, um, Mary, I'm so grateful to have your expertise and wisdom on the show today. And there's probably never been a time in our careers when the talent economy was in such rapid flux, brought on by all the changes in uh, work expectation and structure and location that, that COVID's brought into our lives. So in all of those changes, not only has the where we work changed, but the why we work, you know, what's important to employees has really changed. So what are some of the challenges that you're seeing business leaders have as they're navigating the results of all these changes? Yeah. Um, it's such a great question. You know, I mean, I hate to say this because it sounds so cliche and I'm sure all of these hiring managers and business owners out there are going to like cringe when I say this, but it truly is a candidate market. Now, with that said, it doesn't mean that everybody is out there clamoring for the most money that they can get. Are there people out there that um, that's important to? Of course, and that's okay. But there are a lot of people that are really just looking for very specific things. And you and your organization may have exactly what, you know, what they're looking at. It's, it's more about hitting all of those important aspects that are important to them in order to make a change. That's right. So it really doesn't come down to any specific competitive advantage. It's not just about the money. It's about that employee's why. Yes, They're most exactly. Why. For instance, I'll give you an example, Jennifer. I was talking to a candidate this morning who, um, about a, a 
chief operations officer position slash integrator. It would have been a couple steps up for them. They were perfect match for the role. And they were super excited about the opportunity, but at the end of the day, it did require them to be in the office. And they are at a point in their life with their children, um, you know, homeschooling, that they just couldn't make that change. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be the same case, you know, six months or a year or a couple of years from now. Um, but that that was unique to that person, you know. So we just have to look at things very differently today. That's right. And we really need to get to the heart of what's important for our business and for the people that we're attracting and, and how to match those value propositions. Exactly. Find those matching wise. Yeah. So it's been interesting to me in the work that we do as, as the head of marketing for growing businesses, almost every client we work with is very conscious of their need to build a customer facing brand. And they talk about the customer journey and the customer experience, but there's an increasing awareness that a candidate pipeline is just as important as a prospect pipeline and that a customer experience is just as important as an employee experience and engagement. So a lot of companies have an awareness, a growing awareness of that their brand needs to speak to all stakeholders and they have to have an employment brand experience. So as, what are what are those conversations looking like in your business? How is that, how are you speaking to um, owners and business leaders as it relates to how their brand shows up for employees? You know what? We're talking about employment brand more than anything right now. In every search we take on, just in every conversation, because it has never become more important. Big companies have known this for a long time, and they have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on videos and images and, you know, just their reputation from an employment perspective. And I think a lot of smaller businesses think, oh my gosh, you know, this would be so costly, but it really is not. I think the number one thing is that prospective um, employees or candidates need to feel what it would be like to be an employee at that organization. And video is the number one best way to show how an, an existing employee feels about working at the organization. So video, and you know, it guess it needs to be high quality, but you don't have to go out and spend thousands of dollars on video today. So it's no. a, a pretty good, you know, cost-effective solution. But just getting, you know, getting those those values, but how they show up in the company, testimonials from people who are inside the organization at all levels is really the best way to showcase a, a, an employment brand. Thank you for the af affirmation of our strategy this year, Mary, because we've done a good job in the past of sharing our client success stories and client testimonials. And I've been talking for a while, even pre-pandemic about, you know, we really have two important promises we make to the world, two purposes for existence. We have a two-pronged purpose, which is help growing businesses overcome random acts of marketing. And that's where client testimonials are important, but help brilliant marketers love their work and love their lives. Actually, it's love their life and love their work in that order, right? Yeah. And yes. those are the stories that we haven't invested in actually packaging up and telling. And this is the year I've committed that we need to do that. Like how else will candidates know we mean it? And that exactly. it's real. And there's some companies out there that are doing this wonderfully, smaller businesses, and you can just Google and go find them and see what they're doing. And you will get chills when you see the videos of the people that are employed there. And you will think this is exactly what we need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I recently joined Vistage. And for those listening who might not be familiar, Vistage is a is a, an international group of CEO forums. So I'm part of a group of, uh, you know, 18 CEOs that meet monthly. And I just joined this past fall, but the number one issue that's coming up for everybody in every industry is talent. And in almost every company, there are multiple seats that they're having a challenge filling. And CEOs are asking themselves like, what more will it take? Like, how do we fill these seats? And yes, we might be able to like boost the compensation now to get people into seats, but is that going to be of lasting impact to keep them there? So how do, what advice would you give to business owners about balancing, like you said, balancing, not just recruiting, but retention? How do you set that bar? Well, this is so timely because in my own CEO peer group just yesterday, this was our topic. <laughs> and, you know, the, co- the companies represented were manufacturing, distribution, service. It didn't matter. Every single organization, their CEO owner was dealing with the same thing. And, you know, the one, the, the, the advice I gave is that I think every organization, no matter what your size has to provide the minimum, the threshold, right? So you need to be paying market pay. If you don't know what market pay is, you know, get some compensation um, information, you know, from from reputable sources. Don't just look at Glassdoor or look on, you know, online, but get some information about what is market and pay at the 50th or higher percentile. Meaning, you know, to be competitive, you've got to be paying at least what market's paying, but potentially a little more. Um, have have the benefits that matter, you know, having a healthy uh, employer paid premium for at least the employee, but family coverage is, is really important as well. A 401k is like kind of a no brainer today. If you don't have a 401k match, um, it's you're at a real disadvantage. And then the other benefits, you know, but here's the thing, Beyond that, there are certain perks that make sense to certain demographic of um, employees. And then also think about where you're recruiting out of. If you're competing with Big Corp and they're offering long maternity leaves, paternity leave, you know, you, you have to think about possibly matching those things. Um, one last thing about maternity leave is, you know, I think back, I had my first baby in 1994, and yes, that's going to age me, um, <laughs> but I took 12 weeks because at that time, um, you know, you you worked and, and then you had your home life. It was very separate. Yes. And so I figured I needed to get as much time as I could with my child and then return full force to the workforce. Today, um, people are taking four weeks, but then having a transition period for the next two, three months. And I think if we can get creative um, and really just look at what is what our uh, prospective employees are looking for and what's going to help them in their life long-term, that's where we need to be creative and looking at those alternatives. Yeah, and I'll just second that it takes some um, assessment of what your business is and who you employ to know what the right mix of benefits and flexible options are that meet them where they're at. I, I think about my own business. 
We have a core operating team of people at all ages and stages in their career. And then we have uh, the bulk of our employees are consulting CMOs and they're all seasoned executives with 15, 20, 30 years of career experience. And what they want is different than what somebody who's just starting in their career wants and needs. And so we're able to shape a benefits program specific to our demographic and our, you know, our footprint, and then thereby attract those people. Exactly. And one of the biggest mistakes I see companies make is that, you know, they'll go to their CEO peer group and they'll hear that everybody there is offering, let's say, unlimited PTO. And then they go ahead and they implement it. Once you implement something, you can't take it back. (laughs) It's really difficult. So really think strategically about your perks and benefits and comp just just like your people and just like your business. That's right. And my business is five years old. And what I have found really helpful is to, to continue as I do quarterly all hands and annual meetings to give my team a vision for what's next, what we, the next milestones we hope to incorporate as we earn the opportunity to add in more benefits, right? We're hitting milestones and we want them to know that we want them growing with us and what else is on the horizon. And then of course we have to follow through on those promises. And I love that. And you do a good job of highlighting that, celebrating your wins. And that's really important from an employment branding perspective as well. Listener, I know you're enjoying this episode with our friend Jennifer, so I'll be brief. But I've got to fess up. We screwed up big time. Me and my business partner, Chris White, we've done all the wrong stuff when it comes to running a business. We've hired too quickly, fired too late, wasted resources, picked the wrong objective. The list is long. It goes on and on. I won't bore you. Here's the thing we've learned, though. I think it'll save you some of the mistakes that we've made. The only way to fight the chaos and complexity that is constantly coming at you is to get clarity and control over your business. Over 20 years, Chris and I have seen it all. The more businesses get stuck in the chaos and complexity, the harder it is to grow, stay healthy, and sustainable as a business. That's why he and I created System & Soul. It is the only business framework that helps you run better systems and do it with the soul of your business in mind. We want to help business leaders like you find breakthrough. If you're ready, learn more at systemandsoul.com. And hey, we're training new System & Soul coaches right now. If you're an experienced business leader and you believe you can help leadership teams overcome their mess, we would love to talk with you. We've got a few limited seats in our training cohort, so do not wait. Learn more at systemandsoul.com forward slash coach. We're here on the System and Soul podcast today. So we could speak at length, Mary, about all the systems for screening and recruitment and hiring. And actually, I might throw in a couple more questions on some of those things for you (laughs) while I've got your expertise online. Um, But let's talk for a minute about something just as important or perhaps even more important when it comes to talent. Um, And that is the soul of an organization, right? Yeah. You and I both. We, yeah. we both purposely look to work with values-led organizations because we know the difference it makes in a client relationship, but yeah, what difference does it make to be, to build talent in an organization whose values go beyond words on the wall? It, it, it's everything, right? It starts there. And I was thinking about this because for so many years, I've talked about passion, um, having passion for what you do and aligning that with the passion of a company. And while I still think that that's true because there's a big 
big um, sign on my my wall at work that that speaks to this, and I won't get rid of it. Um, well, I think that's true. You know, passions can come and go too. You know, and passions. I think about a writer who is passionate about writing, who sometimes has writer's block or takes a hiatus, right? And it doesn't mean that they're not still passionate about writing. Um, but you, it ebbs and flows. And I think certain points of your life, you change. And when I started thinking about system and soul, and I started really looking into the organization um, and listening to the other podcasts and thinking about the, the soul of an organization, that's really where it's at. It's, it's those beliefs systems. It's leadership and management philosophies. It's you know, what's important? What is the why? It's, you know, it's how you react to certain, you know, issues. Um, it's, it's so much more. It's really the soul. And, and, and I think that might be hard sometimes for hiring managers to vet and interview for that. But once you figure it out and you have a system in place, back to system, um, and you can really think about it in terms of that soul match. Mm -hmm. That's when magic happens. The only caveat I will say is there are some companies out there, hiring managers that are really good at that. And then they sometimes overlook the skills and experience. So you got to have both. Um, but, but soul trumps everything. Culture right. trumps everything. Well, and shameless plug for your team, but that's where you can help bring objectivity to the hiring process too, because you leverage not only all of your experience and working with hundreds of clients and on hundreds of roles, but some systems and tools to help bring objectivity to balance the system with the soul in the decision, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. You know, long-term after a series of conversations and interviews, um, if this is truly a good fit, that's going to result in lo a long-term fit, Yes, you know, so. Well, let me play just a tiny bit of devil's advocate based on what's happening in the market right now. Um, I'm going to pretend I'm an owner of a different business that's that's growing rapidly because there's a lot of economic growth opportunity in the market right now, right? So there's a lot of growth opportunity. I'm short-staffed. I literally need bodies in these seats in order to fulfill on this growth opportunity. And I might even realize that I'm compromising some of my values in some of these hires. I just need people in the business. So what advice would you give to me right now? Am I making a smart decision to put put people in the seats to get to, to pursue the growth and, and get after it? Or should I be tempering my growth expectations and hiring more slowly, even though that'll slow me down? That's such a great question. And I, I would really say, don't ever compromise on your values and that culture fit. Because if you do, um, that will not, not only not work long-term, probably not even short-term, but it will impact the rest of your people and the rest of your culture. And so, you know, you may have to settle for some skills and experience, but if the culture fit is there, you know, and it, that person can help you get over the hump, that would be the way to go. And, you know, hopefully you have some time with that person if they do fit from a culture perspective to see, do they have the aptitude to learn and grow and develop? You can always level set. And if not, you know, you work together to help find them the right opportunity. You introduce them to companies like us because there's, there's another opportunity out there that may be a better fit. So I get it. You can't always wait. 
um, and you may have to move forward, but, but do so, you know, go with less experience and skill set, and go with, you know, culture and values fit every time. And then I would also just say, you know, you may be behind today, so make this a priority. You should have a strategic people plan, just like you do a business plan. And, you know, you have to get ahead of it at some point. So start today, even if you are, need to hire today. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more because you have to build pipeline for those next right hires, just like you would be building pipeline for those next deals and opportunities in your business. Exactly. And Mary, your team spoke recently at our integrator community, which is a monthly meeting forum free for all second in command leaders of entrepreneurial businesses. And you talked on a topic I thought was so timely, which was really some of the points you were just making about, you know, we're not in a marketplace where employers have the luxury of seeking unicorns, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the um, share with me again, how you packaged that up, the yeah. idea of building well, a unicorn. <laughs> So the, the tagline was to hire a stallion and develop a unicorn. That I'm not it. exactly sure. I'm a hundred percent on board with how we, we, you know, we <laughs> uh, articulate that. But the theory is you hire for aptitude, you hire for motivation and interest um, and what we call horsepower, right? You know, people that have the ability to quickly grow, develop, and learn because um, it's getting more and more difficult to find specific skills and experience in the myriad of businesses that um, are being open today, the myriad of um, profiles, job profiles, you know, things are just done differently. We're in a whole new buying and selling world. And so the talent has to, has to change along with that. Um, so assessments can be really helpful as long as we're not using them um, in a more limiting way. I've seen way too many organizations use them as kind of cookie cutter, you know, behaviors and traits that they're looking for. And that, that um, is not only dangerous, it's, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to make this issue of finding people even that much harder. Yeah. So. Well, I really appreciated working with your team on our most recent uh, senior level hire to interpret the assessments and help us understand how to use the information, but not consider it to be a silver bullet direction. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So Mary, I know there's a lot uh, to unpack in this topic and unfortunately our time is limited today, but if there are people listening, and I'm sure there are, who are facing talent challenges and aren't quite sure what next steps to take or how to make hiring decisions when the world seems so different than it seemed just two or three years ago, and they just need a little help to point them in the right direction, um, how can they best connect with core talent and, and learn about how you work with growing businesses? Yeah, well, first of all, I'm super passionate about working with um, privately held, smaller medium-sized growing businesses. So I'm always, always interested in just brainstorming what are the challenges, you know, what could be some opportunities, first and foremost, whether you look at us as in using our service offerings or not. But I would just encourage you to seek out professionals, people who do this for a living, who know how to recruit, um, how to find talent, how to vet them, how to retain them, because it is a very complex issue that every organization, small and large, is dealing with today. 
And it's so complex that, you know, you kind of have to do a root cause analysis to figure out, you know, what, what is happening at my unique business? What are my challenges? What are my barriers? And then put a plan in place uh, to go after it. The good news is there's talent out there. And there is, there's the right talent for every organization, just like there's the right person, you know, for every person out there. And it just, it takes maybe a little bit of creativity, a little planning, a little bit of patience, um, but they're out there. So don't get discouraged because, um, you know, you'll find, you'll find your unicorns one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> And a little story about creativity from our business and a lesson learned because how to attract talent is changing dynamically around us and what worked before isn't working the same. And um, in the past year, when it was time for us to hire a client services coordinator, we had a really great job description and it was on the website and we posted it out to LinkedIn and we weren't working with a recruiter at that time. We wanted to see what we could generate ourselves, but we just didn't get very much response. And we kind of sat back and asked ourselves, you know, what could we do as a next step just on our own? Um, and it had to come back to how do we, how do we make our brand shine through this? Because a posting wasn't doing it. That wasn't shining our brand. And so I happen to be somebody who doesn't mind getting in front of a camera and putting a little energy out into the world. So I made a little video about why the role was so important in our organization. And we reposted with that video on LinkedIn. And that week had seven high caliber candidates come through. Yeah. Yeah. It took five extra to minutes. Yeah, yeah. They needed to see your culture in action and feel it. Yeah. Um, but that, that's And that's wonderful. And not everybody can do that right. and put themselves out there, but there are other ways to get your brand out there. That's right. And sometimes you have to find other advocates who, who can help yeah. you put that message out, like you said. So, okay. I'm going to ask the question again, though. You said you're willing to connect yeah. with listeners. How do they find you? Yeah, you know what? The best way is through LinkedIn. Follow our LinkedIn page and then connect with either myself or any one of our staff members. We're all on LinkedIn, our profiles. Um, we have a process in place where we, you know, because you can imagine we all get pinged and I do in particular a lot, but we have a process in place to help hiring managers, business owners, depending on who it is that they're looking for to connect with, to get them to the right person. So you can also visit our website, you know, our contact information's out there. We do a pretty good job of um, promoting on social. So we're around, but um, just Cortalent, C-O-R-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. Awesome. Well, Mary, I know my world is brighter and wiser with you in it. So thank you for spending time here with me today and all of the System and Soul listeners. We appreciate you sharing your wisdom and making your team a resource for these growing businesses. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity and for you, System and Soul, as well. So I'm a big fan. <laughs> Thanks, Mary. I hope to see you in real life sometime soon. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.